and we're recording. Hooray! And we are doing glass, glass onion, glass onion, the knives out mystery. I got to make sure I say the right thing. Um, which you watched yesterday? You said, yeah, I watched it last night. And I amazingly watched it a week ago. I'm just joking. Um, what's the date today? Today's the 27th. I think we watched it Christmas night. See, that's what I wanted to do because uh, I came home from work that Friday before Christmas. I, I'm like, and I said, I told my parents, hey, Glass Onions free to stream. And I know you guys liked Knives Out when I showed it. So it was like, you want to see Last Sunday? Like, yeah, we should watch it this weekend. And then Christmas night came, and then my mom made an audible and decided that we're going to watch A Christmas Story Christmas instead because she wanted to watch something holiday-themed <laughs> and something that my little brother might uh, want to watch. And um, both my parents fell asleep during that movie. <laughs> Nothing will ever beat the original, in my opinion. Of that. No, of course not. That... that it is an absolute classic of classics and like one of the most relatable movies of all time. And, um, no, this one, this one just didn't do it. So, uh, I just watched it on my own yesterday instead. So there are lots to watch it at some point, but, um, yeah, I, I very much enjoyed this movie. It's fit among, you know, we had a lot of whodunits this year. Now that I think about it, it's yeah, like we the, had, this uh, is the third one we had death in the Nile. Yes. We had see how they run. Yep. And now we had last, last onion. And nicely spread out throughout the year, too. So we never got them, like, back-to-back. Because back, I think Death in the Nile came out in, like, February. And then, see how they run? I want to say it was, like, September or something like that? I could be totally wrong on that. No, I think you're right. It was. It had to have been August or September. Um, You're right. There was a quite a few whodunits, whodunits. All of them were good for different reasons. I mean, yeah. Death in the Nile wasn't as good as Murder on the Orient Express, but that's a conversation for another time. Or... The episode of Death in the Nile, which you can listen to uh, whenever you want. It's true. We did do an episode on it. We did do an episode on it. In fact, we did an episode on all three of them. Couldn't tell you the fucking number because I don't have them in front of me. Um, but yeah, we did. Um, this one was good. This one was on the backdrop of May of 2020. Because I know this was filmed during the pandemic. And you get that vibe. Barely. Right away, and then they immediately write it out of the movie. And they never really explained how that worked. Yeah, yeah. it's like a very <laughs> important part of the first, uh, the introduction, introductory of like all the characters. And then all of a sudden when they go to this island, it's dropped. Yeah, it's, it's just like, done. it's just like, here's a spray. Everyone chokes on it for a second. It's just like, you're good. And then that's it. They never address it again. I was like, kept on the back of my head. Are they going to bring that back somewhere? And it's like, no, it was it was just a way to get rid of the masks and get around it. And uh, sure, why not? Who cares? And what I found funny was the assistant that used the spray was Ethan Hawke. It's probably <laughs> one of the easiest paychecks he ever had. I thought it was great. <laughs> that that part was really when he got out of the car. I was like, when the fuck did Ethan Hawke do this? I, I love the obscure cameos that disappear in movies like that. It's just like, oh, shit. So is. so one thing I do want to say up front that I learned from um, a little bit of research was there was several cameos you don't really see or you'd see very fleetingly. So you had the Ethan Hawke one. Then you had the Hour Dong. 
the hourly dong? Yeah. Was Joseph Gordon Levitt you know, saying dong? Because I, I I heard I heard the dong. I'm just like, I know that's somebody. <laughs> I I can't I can't pin who it is, but that's one of those things where they just have some someone's name or face like everyone's gonna recognize when you hear it. It's just stupid that they do it. Or is this funny that they do it? And this is like, yeah, I forgot. I don't know who that is, but I know it's somebody and I never went around to do it. So thank you for telling me who that was. And then they had um, Hugh Grant. He's the roommate uh, insinuated boyfriend of uh, Benoit Blanc, um, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. I was like, of all the people that could answer that door, Hugh Grant was not anywhere near the top... 50 people I would have known. It's just out of nowhere. Just another nice little happy surprise. It's like, oh, there is like people want to be in the movie. They want want to be a part of it. Yeah. They just just sneak them in. And it always reminds me when I think of like really obscure cameos that you don't realize. And just or like sometimes it's one of those things where you only notice it in the credits is uh, is South Park when George Clooney just well, it was one of the early episodes of South Park where George Clooney voiced a dog barking. And that's all he did. He just made barking sounds. And that's all he did in the entire in the entire show. I did not know that. It's an old ass episode. It's when he really was on South Park as a dog. Yeah. So it was oh when Sa- uh, Stan had like a gay dog. It was like I think it was the introduction to Big Gay Al. And I the think dog I remember was, the gay yeah, dog and the, episode. And the dog was just barking. That was George Clooney. I gotta look that up. <laughs> um, and then you had uh, the. Benoit Blanc playing Among Us with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, uh, Angela Lansbury, rest in peace. And I forget. There's two other people. One of them. I just only really, really immediately recognize Kareem. I'm oh, just, everybody recognizes Kareem. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's another guy who did like a murder murder mystery movie or TV show long, long time ago who recently passed away as well. And then I don't remember who the other person was. I don't. Well, we'll find out soon enough. We have, we have it up on the TV in front of us. Yeah, so it'll, it'll appear. Started putting on the movie because I have the attention span of a dog. Uh, and I mean that in the nicest way. Oh, Natasha Leone. Was the other person. Yeah. So, I just thought that was hilarious. And, you know, it was they somehow found a way to sneak Among Us into a, a thing like this. And it did not feel out of place. It's actually kind of funny to think about the detective that goes into play a game like Among Us. Where you're just trying and to then immediately gets caught as the imposter, yeah. which I thought was great. But then later in this movie, he gets put at the dinner table and just com- it completely uh, demolishes this elaborate murder mystery thing that he had going on yeah that was the best that to me was one of the best parts because he literally he goes oh it was uh birdie it was birdie with the crossbow and uh he's he, he like brian said he goes to this long explanation and then like everyone's just like oh wow and then the crossbow thing shoots <laughs> and there's like fake blood coming out of Edward Norton who's supposed to be the intended target and I thought that was great that was a that was a really great scene I thought that was really funny it's just uh like oh yeah the, the guy who the worldwide detective knows his shit and uh kind of showing off in that moment 
It was funny. Yeah, I, 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 what other part did I like? Oh, this is also funny for um, having um, Dave Batista play like a Twitch streamer who's like hawking uh, supplements on Twitch. And then you have everybody's got like their own quirk. So it's like, they're all friends. You find that out. And then um, Catherine Hans, a um, politician, she, or like the governor, I think? Governor uh, or senator? Senator or something like that. Yeah, there's a politician. There's a there's Dave Bautista playing the gamer. Um, there's... Um, Birdie, played by Kate Hudson, plays an actor, actress. Or a rather. model or something along those yeah. lines. So there's a little bit just covering all bases of... Of uh, pop culture, I guess. And then you've got like the smart friend who I forget the actor's name, but he's really funny. And he was actually, ironically enough, in Murder on the Orient Express, he played the the uh, doctor. Um, and then what? Are we missing a friend? Oh, and then you got um, Janelle Monet who plays. Andy, who you find out isn't actually Andy, it's her twin sister. Nice little plot twist right away. Or not right away, but halfway through the movie. Yeah. And this movie, for one thing that, the one thing it had that I liked was, well, at first I didn't like it, but now I'm kind of over it. But, um, like the non-linear storytelling. So they had the, um, you know, the intro... Everybody getting a box full of puzzles, and then um, they go through like a good part of the good chunk of the movie until they go they pr- back. they pretty much go all the way to the climax, and then right. go back and show you a whole bunch of stuff that happened that took place beforehand. You know, I I don't know, I wasn't sure how I felt about that in the moment, but after after it was all said and done. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the second half of the movie because in a way I felt like it was going off a little slow. Like I was just waiting for like something, uh, the murder or whatever, whoever was going to die to die. And it didn't happen for a little way since the film. And then it looked like it really was about to go straight into the climax right away. I was going to be like, there should be more going on after this. And this is like, nah, skip backwards and then redo all this shit. Um, but it really did change everything, uh, about the plot. Which uh, I thought actually made it really interesting. So I I enjoyed I enjoyed it at the end. I found it um, a little irritating uh, how it went back so far, but I felt like after watching the whole thing and um, kind of understanding it, it made it a little bit better because I probably felt the same way about the first one. But the first one was just so good. Yeah, the first one was great. It was just so great. Um, I'm trying to think of what else, like, story-wise I loved. Um, I didn't know that was a spray. I thought that was something else they shot in their mouths. Yeah, it just looked like a spray. That's all it really was. They were just all choking on it. And then that was it. The master gone. Never had to worry about it again. It's a good way to write it out. And then I love how Birdie has, like, the fake mask. 
It's not even actually. It's not fake per se, but it's got. It's not even a mask. It's like the one thing that um, people that were against masking wore, where it had like nothing really blocking the face. They just would wear it to get into places because they didn't want to like. Yeah, just didn't want to deal with it, but didn't want to not stay home all day. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was a reminder of the. Of like the time that it was filming, they had the whole mass shit going on. And again, this is kind of the theme of what this year was, because we were talking about um, our end of year lists, like our top fives and our bottom fives and stuff. And going through a rough draft of it, man, I realized there was, I mean, we've mentioned it before, there was just not a lot of movies this year and really felt the effects of pandemic. Yeah. And yeah, there was just not a whole lot. So uh, it was just nice little. It was just a, a reminder of the mass shit coming through. Because I mean, there's a lot of mo- there's some movies built in to the time frame with the whole mass thing a lot more than others. And um, but I, I'm glad that they kind of just cut it out really quick. Yeah, and I think it it was a little bit of a cute reference, like the the masking, the 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 last of uh, the last of us the the among us part was funny because that game blew up because of the pandemic even though the game was like at that point like 2 years old yeah it was uh one streamer made it popular and then everyone just ran along, ran along with it sometimes things just need attention uh before they go they go mainstream but i mean like think about it like 5 years down the line and looking back and seeing a lot of these movies of the mask and shit it's going to feel a little different this it's, little time frame of time frame of oh that's right now I know when this movie was made yeah it's gonna be weird It'd be really weird but um yeah so like I don't want to it's hard to review who done it it really is because you don't want to go through like the whole plot of it because it's you really don't <laughs> just watch the movie yeah, yeah. So, so like I highly recommend it. it I think uh. Most of what I'm going to say is um, it, it. It's a very funny. It's a very funny whodunit, comical whodunit. I guess is more of the word. Not the same level as like uh, see how they run. That one was like straight up goofy. You know what? Not I would say goofy, but it was a straight up comedy whodunit. Yes. This one just had its moments, and it. Um, you know, it, it's like a really good balance between like what death in the Nile was, which took itself very serious. And then who, uh, see how they run, which was a straight comedy. It yeah. had a nice little blend of both where it had its funny moments, but it also took itself serious at the right, at the right parts. Yeah. And then it had a, a uh, an interesting, a kind of crazy payoff. I wasn't really expecting to be honest. I didn't think they would go that far with it, but, uh, <laughs> I thought it was going to go like a whole, the menu thing. I thought everyone was going to fucking die. <laughs> I didn't know how I felt about that, but they went a different route. But honestly, I I think it paid off really well. So uh, credit for that. And that's important. I mean, if a whodunit doesn't pay off, then it's then it's garbage. Um, But no, Ryan Johnson did another fantastic whodunit and is redeeming himself after what he did to Star Wars. And (laughs) I will going forward. I will not bring up Star Wars unless it is directly relevant to what the movie is. And he's, uh, he's earned his place to be able to make movies without bringing up Star Wars. Um, what else was I going to say about, for now, oh, I was not anticipating, uh, Dave Bautista being the guy dying. No, I absolutely did not. I did not see that coming at all. I thought that was pretty great. 
like pretty fantastic. Although, I mean, if it's kind of lopsided to have someone who can very clearly just kill absolutely everybody else in that room. Yeah. In those in those type modes, like it like when it goes a black uh all dark and stuff, is like everyone's scared of him, not because he he may have done it, just because he's a guy who's capable of killing literally everybody there. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I was not expecting him to be the one that, to go. Um, I don't know who I expected at the start. Honestly, I, I really didn't. I, I was not surprised at all at who was the the eventual killer. I just couldn't figure out the how. That tends to be my trend with the whodunits. I know the who. I just don't know how the why. Or sorry, I know the who. I don't know the how. And yeah, that's, I, I caught I caught on pretty. I'd say pretty quickly about um. Uh, Excuse me about who did it. I just couldn't figure out why. Like you, yeah. I was like, okay, well, if the person that we were made to believe in the trailers isn't the one that that's gonna die, then I automatically think it's that person that you thought was going to die that was gonna do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, they they pick these actors for a reason. Um. Sometimes the biggest name actors play the biggest roles, so it's not it's not a huge surprise. Um, in some cases, I think the only one which I w- was not con- totally convinced on at the time was probably Death on the Nile, just because they threw in the curveball of being involving two people. Yes. So when I was watching this one, I was looking out for that. I was just like, I think there's a second person involved. I think there's a second person involved, and then I I just gave up on my theories. I'm just like, fuck it. I'm pretty sure it's, I know he's involved. I don't, if there's someone else, <laughs> I'm just not going to figure it out. I'll just sit back and enjoy the movie. Um, I guess with that, we can get into the, the scores and everything. Yeah. Um, what the fuck? I didn't see that the first time. Oh, the weird llama thing <laughs> with carrying the luggage. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that the first time. How did I miss that? Oh uh, my god, it was right in your face too. Uh, yeah, we can do ratings. Okay, so do you, you have a favorite shot? A favorite shot? Yeah. Um, I I wrote this down. I came prepared this time. I'm very proud of myself for doing this. And now I can't find where my notes are. Okay, I found it. Uh, so my favorite shot was oh yeah. So it's when um, Andy's character, or I guess her sister in this case, gets shot on the stairs and they have that, the, uh, that scene where, um, or that shot where, uh, Daniel Craig's character turns around and has like that, the pan of the camera. And it just, it just sees one person coming out at a time seeing what just happened. I thought that was a really neat shot. God damn it, Brian. <laughs> was that what you were going to go for? I could pick like another thing. We got to rank this stuff on because you always get the shot that I'm like, yeah, I would have picked that one. Um, I think, I guess, I don't know. Like, I guess that's, I, you know, what? if you're going to pick that one, I would pick the one where they're getting on the boat and everyone turns when Janelle Monae's character shows up. Yeah. And then the last person in the frame is uh, Blanc. I thought that was a really cool shot. There's, it, there's always scenes like that. Like there was one at the end of Knives Out too, when everyone turns around when she's standing on the balcony. You just see yes. every character's looking forward. Those are always really neat shots. Yeah. So I would have to say that. Um, do you have a favorite line? Favorite nine, line? I do. It's right at the. It's right at the end. Um, it's when Monet's character 
says uh, to Norton's character, you're ruined and you get your wish to forever be remembered in the same breath as the Mona Lisa. That was the best gotcha line for me. Okay. Mine would have to be when Benoit Blanc is like, when everybody's like, or was it Birdie goes, uh, Kate Hudson's character. She's called Birdie, isn't I'm it? I'm pretty sure. Um, she goes, oh my God, it's brilliant. Or was that Catherine Hahn's character? No, I'm pretty no, sure. No, it was her. It was, she says, oh, my God, it's brilliant. And he goes, no, no, it's stupid, it's stupid. He goes, I gave you that idea. I did like that. He just kind of like shit on him the entire time he was breaking down what happened. Uh, so that would have to be mine. And then uh, favorite scene. Favorite scene. You know, there's a there's a handful. Oh, there's a handful of them. But at the end, I really liked this right at the end when they were breaking all the glass and then the places goes up in flames. Then they have the slow motion shot of her going to hit the override to destroy the, the Mona Lisa. And this is like that slow motion scene and the fucking flames are just going everywhere. <laughs> it was just completely over the top for who done it. I thought it was hilarious. So mine, mine, I feel like I'm kind of cheating. Would it would have to be when they're in that, um, Actually, I'd have to say it's the him giving or him destroying the whole murder mystery party thing. Oh, yeah. Just ruining his whole weekend in, right. about, in one minute. But, like, I think an honorable mention I would have to say would be <laughs> when they're in that room and they're, they've gotten to, like, the drinks portion. You know, they're just hanging out and having drinks. And every th- they introduce that the Mona Lisa's lockdown thing goes off after every... And it keeps ev- going off. <laughs> yeah. So Batista's phone keeps setting it off. And then what's funny is it's it, it'll go off randomly during moments of dialogue. And then it'll drop seconds later. So you hear it like, armor up. Yeah. Armor drop. Armor up. <laughs> armor drop. And like, it's so random. And then there was one time where I think somebody dropped a glass... And like it went up, yeah, and then it dropped. <laughs> and I just, I, I love gimmicks like that. It I, was, it was just something that it was. It's something. It's just a cheap laugh that just keeps coming back over and over again. You just unexpected a lot of the times, but they were very consistent about it. And I'm glad that they kept all the stuff in that same room, so it had ample opportunities to continue to come back. Um, okay, so do we want to get to a score? Sure. I'm going to uh, go with um, solid 42. I'm going to say 43. Uh, I liked it. I don't think it was as good as the first one. The issues I had with it was at first the nonlinear storytelling, but then um, um, I don't know. I just think it uh, – I guess I can't think of anything seriously wrong with it. It's just how much I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as much as the first one. Um, I still had a great time watching it. The name drops were great. You know, the Jared Leto kombucha, um, stuff like that. So um, I just didn't enjoy it as much as the first one. Yeah, it's not really I a mean, knock. It's no, just, it's not a knock. I mean, the first one was fantastic. I think we gave that like a 40, uh, 45 ratings at the time. We hit, we gave that movie a lot of praise. 
Um, so to say it's not as good as the first one, it's not a knock on it at all. It was good. It's a good watch. If you enjoy the whodunits, it's absolutely worth your watch. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was good. I enjoyed yeah. it. It's fantastic. It wasn't anything game changing for my life, but you know, it was so great. So we haven't done this in a while cause we kept forgetting, but do you have an MVP? I mean, it's really hard to go with anyone other than Daniel Craig, just because that's kind of the way the movies are. Okay. Kind of needs needs his character to kind of put everything together. So the movie's kind of dependent on dependent on him and the whole breakdown scene. So, yeah, it's about as far as I can go. I have to say the same thing. Though I do think um, the stuff with Batista was great, but I just think that Daniel Craig like did that much better. He's definitely like. The best part of these movies, he yeah, he really he really fits the role. And this like I said, I can't really get over casting. I can't get over the the him destroying the party, <laughs> the, the murder mystery part of this. Edward Norton looking all pissed off and disappointed as he's just going through it. It's like really, dude. I didn't even invite you here, and you come here and just ruin my whole fucking weekend. <laughs> um. All right. So I guess that does it. Unless you have anything else to add. Um. No, not really. Do, no. Oh, how about this? Um, do you wish it had a wider theater release so we could have seen it in theaters? I think this episode's about to get like 20 minutes longer. Um, I think it should have been a wide release movie. I would have. Now, remember, this was released for like a week. Yeah, that was not long enough. But it was like a month and a half ago. And it was during a time where you and me were on the show train we were we, and i don't think anywhere near. i think it was just i think it was just unfortunate timing for when it happened because i remember wanting to see it but i don't remember any theater really having it because we chat we would I, check i don't i don't remember at the time it, again it was just way too small of a window and i definitely would have liked to see it and i'm surprised at how small of a window they went with it because knives out had a lot of had great reviews to it and it had a lot of hype around it i'm feel like this would have made really good money at the box office. I'm surprised yeah. they decided to go full streaming with it. I I am surprised too. I think that was mostly done because they weren't anticipating movies to be where they uh, to be to warrant a theater release. You know what I mean? They were probably thinking unlike Top Gun which probably combination of that and Avatar is bring us slowly back. Yeah. Tom Cruise was not going to release that, uh, release a movie like Top Gun yeah. on streaming. He's going to be like, fuck that shit. You're going to the theater and you're going to watch it. Um, yeah, I, I feel like we should be past this point of having to do a lot of this stuff on mainstream. Cause again, I remember like the, one of the biggest disappointments of the year is that prey was not in theaters. Oh my God. Yeah. Prey would have been amazing in theater. Pray if Prey had a re-release on IMAX next week, I would call out of Hell work. Hell yeah, I would one hundred percent call out of work. Prey was a great movie. That and was, it, I mean, and it in its defense, the franchise itself has been in the shitter for a bit, and the recent movies have not been good. But um, no streaming. Uh, I really wish it would have been in theaters. But there's no reason this movie should not have been in theaters for way more than a week. And two months ago too. Yeah, it was like, why would you? Why would you release this for one week in theaters in like the middle 
or beginning of November, and then, um, and then like release it during the holiday. It's like so, such a strange way to do business. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I, I was, I'm hoping we're past this point, but yeah, hopefully it's the last time we get a movie that we get shut out of the theater for. Um, yeah, I don't like, I don't like the streaming service r- relying on it. It stinks. I want to see more. But this next year, we were talking about it before we started recording after January is pretty nuts. Yes, like starting, especially in March, a lot of gr- a lot of higher hype movies were clearly past the point of everyone not being able to produce movies and movies are getting made again. So a lot more exciting 2023 than 2022 to look forward to. Yes. So we'll have plenty of more movies to do. And uh, coming up next episode, me and Brian will do our top five of the year. And we're actually going to have notes this time because last time I know for me, it was a little bit rough. I got a head start. (laughs) Okay. Well, good for you. Uh, So top five of 2022 is up next.